0: Welcome to the Datebook Podcast. I'm your host, theater critic Lily Janik. $15 an hour. It's minimum wage in San Francisco, but it's still basically unheard of in the local theater scene, especially once you exclude the biggest companies. The simple reason why is that most theater artists work as independent contractors. But it doesn't have to be that way. And today I'm talking to one of the local companies at the forefront of challenging that norm Theater First, which is based in Berkeley. They recently announced a policy of $15 an hour for everyone, no matter what job they have. That includes audition and callback time. It will also include subsidies for child and elder care. Joining us at The Chronicle is Bay Area freelance director and Theater First artistic facilitator John Tracy, who talks about why and how the company is making this happen. So welcome, John.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Lily, for having me here
0: my pleasure and i was hoping we could get started today by having you read something you posted on facebook on november 12th would you mind
1: yeah sure it uh and not to give uh, uh too much background on it but um it just felt like uh with uh, such a big initiative that we're going to bring out to our to the public and to our community I I, uh, wanted to put some of my own words around it, and uh, they went like this. Um, I have lived near or under the poverty line for most of my adult life. I'm a professional theater maker, something I've worked at for nearly 30 years, and I am finally making a generally consistent $15 an hour. I repeat, $15 an hour, This is my current financial position built from my 30-year internship. (laughs) Uh, This practice has been accepted as traditional. Uh, Quick look at non-union stages in the Bay Area gives you this statistic. Theater workers working on average for $3 an hour.
0: Thank you for reading that. Yeah, unquote. I think what struck me was kind of the vulnerability and transparency of that mm. and I was just wondering how it felt posting that about yourself and sharing that with the world.
1: Thanks for asking that. Um, I think uh, every, you know, I've been doing Theater First now, I've been working with Theater First and facilitating the uh, the amazing work and the amazing artists for, uh, this is my third season and uh, every year actually um posts like that become easier because it's explore your narrative understand what your narrative is learn it question it daily dig deeply into it so that when you speak of what you do you're speaking in your one voice and that does mean there are as it turns out some people who do not appreciate that voice and um that's in the shadow of the amazing amount of people that you reach when you speak your truth. So speaking my truth and speaking transparently about my truth um, has actually opened more doors to more people doing the same and creating sort of a a new space for us all to talk.
0: So does that mean people have been coming forward with their own stories what Absolutely. else have you heard
1: yeah um well i've heard a, i've heard a lot of different things uh but as far as uh, uh, it's, it's in specific um it's there's a lot of people who will put short anecdotes underneath said post but mm-hmm. the um it's the individual emails that we've been receiving lately um Some from students in school going, well, wait, wait, like, so you're working on uh, models that might bring this community to a place that I, as a student looking at a career in the Bay Area theater, maybe, maybe, just maybe we'll get to a point where we all say collectively, I enter at $15 an hour. Rather than I work and I work and I work and I make my way to fifteen dollars an hour, um, that's a that's a story. Um, I on the way here, I uh, I was cutting through the mall because it was slightly less smoky than the rest of the world right now, mm-hmm. and ran into uh, a, an amazing artist who. Um, uh, no longer works uh, as the designer that she is. And when talking to her about where I was going, uh, opened up that conversation and the, and the voice that she had voiced so many of the, well, that that wasn't there for me.
0: Mm, and now I'm mm-hmm. no
1: longer there. And that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking because of how many faces, how many artists, how many storytellers just had to let this go, I don't want to use the words "give up." I think our, we we shift. We're we're always artists. We're always we just are shifting our art and our craft into um, into other things that need our time and space. And when when the theater infrastructure that we have all bought into does not support any of us, um, you just cannot. There's there's can't even begin to blame someone for that choice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I also appreciated that in, if not that same post in another Mm. one of the announcements that (laughs) rolled out this really striking policy, you mentioned some local companies besides Theater First who have been paying more than they had to, Yeah. um, which, you know, doesn't mean anybody's getting rich, of course, but just the fact that, you know, they went to the trouble to pay a little bit more than everybody else. Could you highlight some of those now?
1: Absolutely. The folks that I spoke with for some time who are dear friends are are, uh, the folks over at the Aurora. Um, because mm-hmm. um, there are quite a few companies, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to put them in a hierarchy by any stretch. Sure. But there's a lot of companies that are paying fifteen dollars an hour. Um, some are giving full employee benefits, and I'm talking with non-union actors. We can start talking about union actors. That's almost its own story. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so I don't. So so that's all well and good. What I've loved are stories of things like the Aurora, and they started, you know over 20 years ago now. I can hear Tom Ross right now going, you should know how many years. <laughs> um, but, um, and when they started the Berkeley City Club, that was a decision made before they had the budgets that would support this. This was mm. an idea that then they had to figure out how to create an infrastructure that would make this possible, which was a favored nation's idea, which is that everyone gets paid the same. Oh, And they have continued that as they've grown into a multi million dollar theater company. And they, but I, what the point to take away from that is that they built the infrastructure from that. They didn't wait until some magic time in order to then go, oh, now we'll bring folks up, which is not. Not the wrong way. Neither way is the wrong way to do things. But I really think that we are um, after looking at, especially the companies that uh, that new artists are meeting on the way on the way up, and those need to be able to hold the artists in the same way that the lords do. Um, And
0: Lort's for our non-theater listeners are mm -hmm.
1: Um, our 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 major union houses, and those are the Berkeley Reps, uh, the American Conservatory Theaters, um, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, Marin Theater Company. And then there's sort of there's all of these echelons, and probably not all that interesting to talk about. We don't have to get into that. (laughs) um, But uh, I I would put the Lort theaters, and then there are some uh, the other equity theaters that are yet to be lort that still Mm -hmm. fall into the same category
0: as far as your worst gigs and i'm not asking you to name Mm, names yeah
1: (laughs) and i will not give you
0: (laughs) but like can you give us a sense of just how bad and how unfair it can get for uh wages for a director
1: oh absolutely um i hmm I I don't know how exactly how I want to phrase all of these things. The way that I actually found out about how poor the directing fees were in the Bay Area, um, I'm someone who has always fought very very hard for as fair of a contract as I can humanly possibly get and
0: uh, good for you yeah
1: thank you thank you and you're hoping in doing that you're making you're, you're helping the community rise too. Mm-hmm. that's not always necessarily true joy Carlin uh, my mentor uh, and and an amazing artist and director um, and I actually took a, 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 a specific artistic director out to lunch and because we wanted to talk about uh, bringing the uh, directing stipend up to something that we felt was closer to um, livable Mm -hmm. you know and um, that artistic director did some research prior to our meeting and brought us sort of the stats of when he talked to other theater companies what they were paying artists um, and directors specifically now the there's two tragic things within that one is the, the numbers were low the numbers were very 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 low this other part of that was that the numbers were low for directors working in some of the same companies that i was working at for twice or three times as much
0: Oh, God. And
1: so it was a real moment of understanding that there is actually very, very little equity. Now, there's a whole lot of different narratives that could be explored as to why that's happening, but that there isn't, that equity wasn't number one in a lot of people's minds was unbelievably challenging to hear. And... And simultaneously, it was like, well, where are, we? how are we, how can we talk to each other about these things? How can we talk about uh, fair wages, living wages, when, um, because on one hand, it's, it's difficult to hear that a, a director that you hold in such high esteem, but it doesn't even have to be that a director working is working for, again we're talking uh, if you were to break it down certainly three or four dollars an hour but in them accepting that and and them underst- feeling per- perceiving that they had to accept that um, very little progress is happening so how do we start talking to each other becomes mm-hmm. the question how do we how do we find the transparency? How do we find spaces where we can be transparent with one another and start building some actual equity for all of us?
0: So I guess one thing I we should clarify is, like yeah. why exactly is this legal to not pay hmm. artists $15 an hour in, a, in the first place? And yeah. my understanding is just that it's the same reason why For example, Lyft and Uber drivers don't make minimum wage, which is that they're contract
1: workers. Mm -hmm. Simply said, it's because of the 1099 independent contractors and uh, that you can basically pay someone, anyone for that work. So you have to create a world in which um, everyone believes that that's an okay thing to do. And it takes all sides in order to hold that up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So... Why, why do, but why do artists put up with it? Like, if it's, why, why do you think that, that director that you mentioned, <laughs> who you respect, accepted that three to four dollar an hour wage?
1: Well, um, I don't have a lot of positive things to say on this. Um, we've all talked about, we've all heard about how like the, the lottery is a tax on bad math. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, it's so it, with that.
0: That laugh came out of my nose <laughs> listeners, and I need a Kleenex. <laughs> now. It's a little yeah. gross here.
1: <laughs> but so I, I, I answer your question with a question. What lottery are we in exactly? And um, it preys on all of the things that we hold dear, which is one of which is our hope, our aspirations, our desire to tell great stories—that um, we've been, we've, we've, we've bought the narrative that the art is so valuable that we must sacrifice in order to achieve it, um, and somehow forgetting—I don't know—forgetting is quite the right word—that the art is the artists. We are the art. We are the storytellers. We are the ones expressing. We are the ones collaborating. I'm gonna leave it at that for right now.
0: I'm sure if you asked most artistic directors or whoever it is that's in charge of these theater companies, mm-hmm. they'd say they would love to pay their artists, everyone, $15 an hour at least, but they just can't. It's not like they... Are evil and are like clutching their golden coins and a little (laughs) money sign bag. Not too many
1: golden coins hanging around. Yeah, exactly.
0: So why why is it so hard for companies to pay artists a minimum wage? Well,
1: it's it's because we're we're locked in a tradition. I mean, there's there's a way that we have looked at our annual budgets for. Decades now, at least decades. And it is, you know, we look at how, how we're going to fund these resources that we have. And of course, our, our greatest resource and greatest assets are humans. Um, but it is our budgets right now are not, I can only speak for the nonprofit sector, but our nonprofit budgets necessitate that we devalue our humans, our artists. I assume a lot of us have gotten there in a lot of different ways. I think, again, the idea of art first, art first is always, um, must be a a really interesting way to um, set up particular blinders for yourself. Um, But I challenge that a little bit too. Obviously there's a a lot of what we're not looking at, right? And I don't, I, It's not like these walls, we can't blame society for these walls that are around us that we're, so that we're not looking at We actually have to look at the fact that we built our own walls, um, which is great because we know how they're built ultimately, and if we spend some time, we're the ones that know how to dismantle them as well.
0: But so here's where I'm like the lame, skeptical, mm. um, I don't know... Person who can only see what's exactly in front of me. Yeah. Uh, perhaps because I have some of these same blinders that right. you are mentioning. Right. But like, I guess I don't feel that simply looking at a budget in a different way will magically make expenses disappear. Um, mm. Like the the cost of a building to rent a building or to own it, mm-hmm. um, for example. So, h- what what would that actually look like?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's going to look differently for every single. Th- Company that wants to even start asking these questions. We know that the model that we build is going to hopefully have some applications for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the most exciting and hopeful things is the amount of emails I've had from theater companies are like, "Hey, can we get together? Can we talk? Oh, can really? we figure out how to work on these things?" and and share our models share our ideas share our uh, how scared we are of what this could could mean oh wow um you have to be a financial creative right you have to be able to look at your budget and actually understand how that money's working Mm -hmm. um and you also have to be able to be creative about how you're going to, how you're A, going to re, uh, restructure it, and then you're going to talk about it with other folks. Um, our our major thing was going like, okay, this is the $99,000 that we need to raise in order, order to um, work within our our, our budget, and, and obviously there's some restructuring that had to happen there. And then, you know, of course, we clarified our narrative why this was important to us and then we split it split that 99 into into three parts um saying that we will uh work uh with uh, major gr- granting organizations for to try to uh, find the one third and that we would work with uh foundations on the second um which we you know we have a very clear understanding of one versus the other and a third for me has been the most the most necessary, and that is saying to our community, we're going to have to fix this ourselves. Can, can we, in a grassroots fashion, actually raise one-third of this? And it's great because you can talk to your community very, and, and very openly and honestly say, and you're, and you're being backed up by these other two thirds. Now you can talk to the foundation and you're going to be backed up by grants and let me look at, show you this com- community support we have. And you start talking with one about the other two and realizing that each is empowering the other. It's lovely to get a large check and we've had some humbling sized checks. And I'm really just just honored to those who have been able to uh, support us in that fashion. That said, just as powerful is the list of hundreds upon hundreds of our community's artists that have been able to give 15 bucks, 30 bucks. As we say in our Pitch, you're not you're not donating money as much as you're donating time. You know exactly where your money's going now. Your fifteen dollars is paying for an an hour of an artist's craft. Um, Sixty bucks is an is an is a a, a rehearsal evening. Um, and when we start thinking about that, well, it opens us up all to this to something, well, at least real for me, which is that there is no. There's nothing more valuable than time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And once we start doing that, we look at how we use it, how we abuse our own, how we abuse others. I think the the best thing to ever happen to theater first in a sort of a, the byproduct of all of this is how, if we were like, okay, this is our first year of that, we're gonna have to be really, really aware of how we're using time, right? Um. So, that made us go like, "Oh, you know, there's a lot of times that we where we're we're becoming more aware of how much labor we're asking our artists to act upon, and how much they have to hold for us." And like, well, what if they don't have to hold all of that? It's just like, "Oh, I'm not gonna. I don't have to actually call these artists." every moment of the day because I haven't actually scheduled. The director can no longer go like, you know, I don't really know what I want from this play yet. Uh, I'm just going to call everyone in and maybe they'll show it to me. Now, of course, you want to create a space where there can be surprises of things. But what would happen if you actually had to spend the time to know what you wanted to do?
0: So that people didn't have to come and twiddle their thumbs. Yep, yep. Gotcha,
1: and, and I, you know this of course goes with I, I don't know how how much this is will will be said in this or not, but we also not only do we do the fifteen dollars an hour for rehearsals, we also uh, do fifteen dollars an hour for the callback process. And
0: yeah, um, let's talk about just how far this extends. So yeah. it's when you're auditioning, yeah, it's fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, when you get a callback, it's fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the company, no matter what their role is.
1: Yeah, we do. We started with this idea of like anytime you're in a space, you're being paid. And that was a really great place to start. And then we needed to negotiate, especially uh, designers. Because each designer has a different uh, ratio of time in space and out of space. Where, you know, you get into tech and your you're lighting designer and your sound designer are basically living at your theater. Um, but uh, the set designer's work is often front loaded. And so how do we approximate those hours? How do we figure out those times as well? And how do we you know, budget for that? Um, and that's just... It's... I know it's 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 weird, but it just means you have to you have to ask some questions and you have to listen to some people. It's, <laughs> it's strange, strange concept. Yeah. So we also offer for the first time we are offering uh, child and elder care during uh, not only the the uh, callback times when you're in the space, but um, also. Um, some pretty significant stipends for um artists during the rehearsal and performance uh process
0: how did that come about
1: yeah that thank you um about a year ago or so my thought was i uh didn't have enough to do um and i needed to start a foundation Um, which was going to be called the Lights Up Foundation, and uh, Carrie Perloff uh, was uh, one of my mentors on that. We wanted to figure out if we could just make a really straightforward foundation that was a regranting organization um, uh, that would artists could come to us, write a, a letter, Show expenses, and we would be able to underwrite their child or elder care for the for the uh, rehearsal and performance processes they were in. Now, there was a slight caveat, which was that we we would be working with the theater company that they, that had hired them, and that we were looking into percentages of how much can this theater company pay into this and what have you to hopefully slowly build some basic conversation around responsibility towards a. Uh, uh, artists' parents. There's there's probably a lot of things, and I'm still probably figuring out some of them, but it just didn't happen. We reached out. I spent a great amount of time uh, exploring funding for it, and we, we, we received none. So I was like, okay, well, one of the things that's always true of, of, of this situation is we have a fantastic idea. We don't have a model. We don't have... We haven't even have... Um, we don't have research <laughs> to show anyone. Like, I mean, we have we have past research, but we don't have like in time in the field, right? So here we are, and like, well, before we go big, I've got this other company called Theater First, and why don't we model it here for a while? Let's mm-hmm. figure out how it how it how it works. The great thing about Theater First is we're just strong enough financially to be able to. Um, really explore giving resources like this, but we're just small enough still that um, we don't have that far to fall. We can trip, (laughs) we can trip. And um, we have a lot of people um, that will uh, catch our fall and there's a a lot of people that will show us the hole before we fall into (laughs) it. And uh, every once in a while, um, will trip us on purpose just to teach us a lesson. And that's um, that's also necessary, I think.
0: I do often hear that it is the smaller companies who are nimble enough to experiment with things like this. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I was also going to ask, what if the community didn't come through with its final third? But it sounds like I've got my answer.
1: We have a little ways to go. We've, we announced this last week. <laughs> so um, we, of the, if we're talking in thirds, uh, of the 33,000 we hope to develop with our community, I'd say we were past two thirds.
0: In one week? In one week. Mazel tov.
1: Hey, now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's pretty great.
0: Wow. Yeah. You kind of answered this already also, but I, I guess maybe some listeners out there would be wondering if artists are willing to accept this lower than minimum wage, either because they ha- feel like they have to or for whatever reason, of their choosing, if they're willing to accept it, like, why go to all this trouble?
1: Well, Lily. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know I what? sound evil no, when no, I ask that. No, you're not evil. <laughs> I just go like, well, that's cool, but like, what do you, what do you accept in your life? Right. Right? What are you allowing to happen in order to survive? Yeah. What if you saw the infrastructure of what you do, little cracks starting to happen in it? Oh,
0: are, I see them, John. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know? <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. and um, <laughs> But those cracks, there are some cracks that are ones like, it's all falling apart. And there's other ones where there's people trying to open up some new room and some new ideas. We're not we're not going to change everybody's minds for a, a, a variety of reasons, um, but we're going to we're we're going to give an option for another way forward.
0: I was wondering if other theater companies have shown that they felt weird or defensive about your announcement because, like, uh, well, I. Yeah, I guess yeah. I could imagine if I were an artistic director in mm-hmm. Bay Area. You should be glad that that is not the case. <laughs> I don't um, know. But like,
1: just have to review yourself. That's yeah, that, Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, if I were an AD, an artistic director who, mm-hmm. and I weren't able to achieve this for my artists, mm-hmm. this fifteen dollar an hour wage, I can imagine myself feeling defensive. And I just wondered if anybody came forward to you with that.
1: You know, so this isn't the first th- thing. This isn't our first crack over the last three years. And so you ha- sort of have to go back to um, the first time y- you and I got together with a group of theater fir- first Ians. That's a phrase that should never be spoken again. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about shifting the entire infrastructure of our, our uh, organization to two-thirds POC, uh, 50% female-identified, and one-third LGBTQIA2, um, and that from the board to the staffing um, to the narratives that we that we share, um, and that that what shifted us into the development company that we are so that we were really looking at what it was to create affinity spaces so folks can be centered in their own stories. Mm-hmm that raised a few eyebrows um, because like anything new the first thing we do to survive is throw a huge amount of space between us and it right it's you can call it assumptions you can call it the mountain in which that you ask the other person to climb um, and I do on a lot of levels, I, 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 I understand that. And when you hear that and when, you, when we're all working so hard and then some company comes along and does this thing that's, that maybe says, oh, we're not doing it right, I can see how people are frustrated, skeptical. Um, but the best of them, and that most of them are the best of them, honestly, mm-hmm. asked questions and went out to lunches and had coffees and realized that we, you know, we don't see ourselves in competition with anyone. Yeah. We see ourselves as a particular model that other people can learn from. And they're going to learn from the things we do, right? And they're going to learn from our mistakes as well. Mm -hmm. And we've done both. To know that there are companies that I've worked with for years, they're trying to adopt our uh, pain for for callbacks, um, that uh, other th- initiatives that we're working on are starting to spread. To other organizations that's fantastic right but also people see when we muck up representation and 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 explore plurality in ways that like oh no that, that did that was not useful that was not helpful great great now we can now we can all move forward hey we got that one out of the way for you hopefully <laughs> probably not. I hope that the community, is starting to understand us for what we are that the play that we're putting on is the story of the story we're we want the best practices that we are attempting to create to really be the production of theater first um so it's now about avenues in which to communicate about those things which are just openings to better conversations. It's not us saying we did this, we did that, but it's like, so, and so what do you do? There was a great grant that I just uh, I uh, worked through, which like, it gave me a chance to talk about these ideas in different cities um, and spending time with uh, companies that were doing some of what, exploring some of what we're doing, but uh, most of them on much larger budgets, so I was really interested to hear about, uh, you know, I, what those challenges were, and sitting, it was great to talk to, like, I was out at Victory Gardens in, in Chicago, and it's great to talk to Che Yu. He's an amazing human being to listen to and to learn from. What was really lovely was spending time sitting at lunch with their development part, department and how they were looking at... Um, their own conversations around representation and equity in, in a in a in a city that's really specific in in, in in into itself right um and it was great to be able to compare and contrast and look where there was no comparison right you know um but from that becomes we, we birth new ideas we come up we we we, we can we connect in um instead of this larger web and uh, we all walk away going well just qu- having new what ifs it's so it's so fantastic to be to be able to be a part of that but moreover to bring it back a little bit it's so I'm so honored to be a part of the Bay Area theater scene it's a place that has held me up. Um, well for 30 years and a lot of that holding up has been me figuring it out as I go and folks like Bill and Susie over at SF Playhouse seeing me kind of muck up one production and the answer to that is you probably need to figure that out with another production Mm -hmm. um and that's that's one example, but other theater companies have done just the same thing. And I am so thankful and honored to feel that, as far as I know, there's not, like, a meeting somewhere where they're thinking about, like, knocking me, you know, kicking me out of the <laughs> space. I don't know. It's possible. Um, More likely and, for me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll both find an island somewhere. <laughs> um, and whether they like it or not, and maybe there's you no. Know, like, wow, this is what we get. It's like this... This is my way of saying thanks. We're provoking some new thought, but it's, it's actual, it's real, equity is real, equity is necessary uh, to think otherwise and to only do initiatives that continue to ultimately center the same people is, um, it's exhausting for everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's time for us to use that energy towards something better than probably any of us have ever thought of yet.
0: And what a segue into Theater first <laughs> hey. December show, hey which is called The People's History of Next. So yeah. this begins performances December 6th at Berkeley's Live Oak Theater. Yeah. And first, can I just hear how the $15 an hour wage is manifesting so far in rehearsals with these guys it's so
1: cool I mean so the thing you need to know about the people's history of next which which will help folks understand why this is so cool is that this was our the question of this development piece was we were inspired by Parkland we were inspired by what it was to to see the adults not doing anything and basically handing that apathy and grief over to these students and what they did with it. Yeah. Um and we so so another question was like okay, here's another hierarchy that's a little strange in the theater which is there's theater and there's youth theater. Mhm. So what if we developed a piece with students? and paid them all the same that we would pay anyone else as professionals. We've worked with over 500 students in, <laughs> oh in uh, four high schools, uh, four colleges, and, and actually some senior centers as well because it had to do with the story that started to be developed. We, we created one prompt. One prompt came up early, um, which was, it's, Highly metaphorically, uh, but the decision was to say, and, and I think we can all feel this right now, is what would happen if almost the entire world, you know, humanity, just died of grief. That grief just imploded all of us. Like it all just became too much. And that, the youth were the only ones left, maybe not even all of them. We explore we, this, this all of these prompts that went more prompts, to more prompts, to more questions, to so much writing by so many amazing minds, um, brought us to the story of these three characters that survived this. Um, for a long period of time, they have no idea that there's even another one out there. So, they, the, so you had students writing uh, stories about what it was to be the last of. Like, you know, when we are exploring so, so deeply in our society right now, identity, cultural identity, gender identity, what have you, um, what happens when you're the last? What what do you bring forward? Are you even that anymore? What are you holding? What did you not realize you were holding? It has been one of the most challenging. I, I couldn't be more honored to be in the room with the three students from the three different schools that we have um, that are owning these three stories right now. And um, so back to your original, like what it is for these three students, the... Um,
0: So cold from the five hundred. Yeah, yeah.
1: Two out of three of them, mm, besides school, hasn't they have never done a a piece of theater outside, right? So their first one is fifteen bucks an hour.
0: What a way to enter the world.
1: And and sadly, why is that revolutionary? Why is fifteen dollars an hour revolutionary? But it is, Mm -hmm. and it's because it gives them hope, because it means that when they go to their next job, they don't know, right now they don't know anything but being treated well. (laughs) That's such a lovely and horrible thing to say at the same time. And we're both laughing. I know, (laughs) yeah, but we're both crying. You can't see it, we're crying and laughing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so it's going going well. It is, um, at first I didn't know how much of my life would be dedicated to fundraising. and talking about money. Um, <laughs> and then I realized that it in of itself is uh, is an art. And um, again, as we said much earlier, what it what, what it is to uh, not fashion a narrative in order to uh, make the most money, but to really understand what it is that you're trying to do. And really, to understand how you want to articulate that to everyone, with 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 your one truest voice. And as I said, it can evolve. It evolves every day. I learn every day more. Um, if you look, if you, I'm sure there are better ways to pass the time. But if you happen to go and look at our mission statement,
0: at no the, better way to pass the time, John. Yeah, right, Come right, on. right.
1: You will see. If you watch over time, it's like it actually changes every month or so just a word here something there something that we understand differently now something that opens up representation in a different way um and that almost by definition is progress right it's just we're always asking questions and we're never accepting an answer
0: So, The People's History of Next, that plays December 6th through the 22nd at Live Oak Theater, John is directing.
1: Yeah, it's my first time uh, directing uh, while being artistic facilitator there.
0: Well, John, thank you for joining (sighs) us at The Chronicle today.
1: Thank you so much, Lily.
0: This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is by Stephen Boyle. This show is produced by me. For more theater coverage, you can follow me on Twitter at Lily Janik. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com.